0: I went to a marvelous party. Max, most people don't even know the fact. The underlying they go with their ideas gut don't have enough depth to last for an entire season. <laughs> Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time.
1: Fine, you first, Eric. <laughs>
0: Tonight's live cast is streaming to you through the Dinnerpartyshow.com with your hosts, New York Times best-selling novelist Christopher Rice, and Eric Shaw Quinn.
1: Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to the Dinner Party Show's live cast for June
0: 2nd, 2013. And tonight... We will have nothing to say about lunatic, bigot, Mm -hmm. Tea Party, obstructionist, anarchist, failed presidential candidate, party embarrassment moron, Michelle Bachman's decision in the face of serious criminal charges and her likely defeat to resign from her role using lies and ignorance to seriously damage the country Mm -hmm. while serving in Congress. Mm -hmm. We have no comment unless you count, don't let the screen door hit you in the ass. Other than that, we have nothing to say about it. (sighs) It's... Is it just me, or does the country feel better governed already?
1: Man, just kidding! (laughs) If you thought for one second we were going to keep our big mouths shut about the hasty retreat of one of the dumbest and highest-profile politicians in recent memory, then you have clearly never, ever, ever listened to the show before. We may even sing about it. Absolutely. But tonight, we mean it when we say we will not be discussing the new Will Smith film, After Earth. Why? because apparently nobody else
0: is discussing it either. Ouch, babe. We will not join in the speculation on what's wrong with Amanda Bynes, Mm -mm. but we wish someone would intervene and help that girl with her wig collection. Indeed, Surely there are some concerned hairdressers out there who could come to this girl's aid. I mm-hmm. mean, is she crazy or is it just those wigs? Mm. Only with the help of a caring professional will we be able to decide for sure.
1: We will not be discussing Michael Lohan's assertion that it was lesbian DJ Samantha Ronson who was responsible for his daughter Lindsay's deeper slide into addiction. Uh. We're more inclined to blame the genetic condition he allegedly shares with his daughter. It's called alcoholism, and it's why Lindsay is currently in rehab years after breaking up with
0: Ronson. Duh. And following the deadly tornado swarm this week, we will not point out that Oklahoma Senator Enhoff actually wrote and published a book called The Greatest Hoax, How the Global Warming Conspiracy Threatens Your Future, in which he denies all all scientific evidence of global climate change. We're not going to bring it up because that would just be in poor taste. Mm-hmm. As for everything else, it's still on the table on tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show. Here to deliver tonight's provocation is ordained nun, published author, and renowned teacher in the tradition of shut fuck up Buddhism, Inedia Beret.
2: Let us sit deeply and calmly in the now, letting the breath of clarity wash our minds and fill us with the truth of the present moment. As it cleanses us of distractions and cravings, let it open us to the absolute nowness of now, where Philip Jones, the man we had a brief, intimate relationship with last summer, has returned to his commune in Big Sur, and where we have the power of choice not to respond to his intoxicated text messages in which he appears to be focused solely on how you refuse to have a group sexual encounter with him and the leaders of the yoga retreat where you first met him. Let us breathe in thoughts of love, compassion, and the present. And let us breathe out fantasies of drugging Philip Jones, binding him to a bed frame, and allowing many women to humiliate him sexually while videotaping him with compassion and love. Breathe. Breathe and return to the dinner party at hand. Return to Christopher and Eric and their special guests and turn away gently from the simple fact that Philip Jones is like so many men who claim to be in tune with the opposite sex, but who really just soften their tone of voice and use certain manipulative feminist buzzwords while making degrading requests of the women they pretend to want intimacy with. Breathe, breathe, and return to the dinner party at hand, to its special hosts and its special servings, and know that in order to release the negative, toxic emotions of clinging and hate, it is necessary to lean into them just a little bit, not to resist but to envision, very briefly, a world in which a judgmental god deprives Philip Jones of the very organ he uses to draw women in, just so he can push them away. But once this world has been envisioned, release it, and return to the party and the now. Namaste.
1: Uh, okay, I'm officially worried about Anidia Bereke. I'm, I'm
0: feeling much more calm. I think the cracks in her serenity are showing. Showing? <laughs> you think this has just arrived? I think Anidia is unhinged. Listen, as a friend of
1: mine who practiced intense yoga, Bikram yoga, if that's how you pronounce it correctly, Bikram, Bikram, <laughs> Bikram yoga said, Yoga is for the people who need it. Yoga is not for
0: the people who are calm to begin with. Not for people who want it. So people who need it should be dragged to yoga classes at 3 (laughs) a.m., forced to be submitted. Yeah, that's it. We're we're doing a yoga (laughs) intervention.
1: yoga intervention. Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show. Dad, I'm Christopher you're so Rice. Stiff and I'm Eric
0: Shaw Quinn.
1: We have a lot to cover tonight. Oh my God, we have a table, co- dinner table mind you, covered with news packets.
0: Binders full of news packets here at the Dinner Party Show. I
1: looked over while we were listening to that lovely, lovely provocation, excuse me, and Eric
0: was busy
1: reading. Because studying
0: said, up for today's show. We have a lot to
1: cover. We uh, also want to remind everyone that this is the big night we are going to be announcing the winner of the win a phone call with Ann Rice contest <gasps> <gasps> da, 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 da. which
0: has taken our likes on Facebook past the 12000 mark we come from 4000 to 12000 so Wow, hello, much bigger crowd, I hope, Absolutely. thanks to the regulars here for getting out the word and helping us to uh, get the dinner party show out there to more people.
1: Absolutely, the party people are our our core audience, and we love you very much. Many of you have been with us from the beginning. I can't mention you all by name, but I can try. Buffy Peterson, Samiko Salson, Justin Simpson, the list goes on and on and on. And it's Todd's birthday today. Todd Barr is celebrating his birthday. Happy birthday, Todd. Todd
0: listens from the Philippines. (laughs) Which, he has to get everyone there to be very quiet. (laughs) That's very far away from us. Fortunately, Christopher and I speak very loudly, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we're on this side of the country, so it's much easier to hear us from the Philippines.
3: Absolutely.
0: And He's our... listening from his computer. Um, yes. What was, it? Amy? what was Amy's name? Amy is trying to get her mom a computer just so that she will listen to our show. Right. We need to
1: approach Dell or Apple about a promotion. If you want to listen to The Dinner Party Show, buy one of our computers. No, no. The, I'm sorry. Who is <laughs> who
0: are we going to approach about buying? I was giant
1: to- computer companies that will give us millions of dollars, right? Isn't that how marketing works? Oh,
0: yeah. We'll take millions of dollars. In fact, we'll take millions of dollars pretty much from whoever wants to give it to Eric us. Eric will. i just Eric delighted. wants us to advertise clean coal. Just stop by with your millions of dollars. I won't be advertising clean coal or saying anything I don't believe in, but the millions of dollars I would be happy <laughs> to accept. Don't expect me to say anything I don't believe, yes, but- Yes,
1: Amy Bellino. That's the name that's of the- That's it. And
0: um, what's her mom's na- name, Shay?
1: Shay Butters is sending us urgent communiques. He is partying Kellett, with all of you. I think
0: is her name. Party.
1: People on the page. Our guest tonight is Paul, and let me see if I pronounce this correctly. Paul V Vitagliano, who uh, is known locally or to people who have visited L.A. and West Hollywood as DJ Paul V. He was the DJ at Drag Strip '66 for years. He started a blog called the Born This Way blog, which is just people submitting their personal stories of coming out and a childhood photo of themselves, which they feel represents who they and were. And that's
0: it. It's nothing but that. It's just that. <laughs> it's just
1: that. <laughs> it's just that. He's going to. And he made a book out of his blog. He's going to be here later in the show to talk about that book, to talk about the blog, and also I think we're going to talk to him about. The uptick in hate crimes happening in New York City. I
0: Really? It has been, like, yeah. it, with every forward progression, I guess you have to be aware that other people are going to feel, oh, there's lots of— There's a lot to
1: talk about. Asshole, yeah.
0: the Cardinal Dolan. The asshole Dolan, as we call him here on the yeah. Dinner Party lovely, Show. Lovely, lovely man. But That's in the what meantime— what would do is— Call people to yeah. – yeah, that's lovely, charming, very Christian. <laughs> the god of exclusion and hate. Anyway, w- we came
1: into the studio tonight, and we'll cover this very briefly because we're not covering it tonight apparently. But um, Beef Wellington, one of our local manservants here at the actual dinner party well, our studio, house man
0: here tonight,
1: is all bent out of shape about killer robots. <laughs> apparently there's a story out there that says robots are being developed for the battlefield, and they can do things like walk downstairs –
0: and that was about kind of. it, right? They yeah. could walk downstairs as long as they remain plugged into their extension
1: cord, <laughs> <port. laughs> right? So we we pictured all the soldiers running around behind them in the battlefield, holding their battery packs. It was more of a sort of visual shock, sort of and like awe walking campaign. the
0: dog, yeah, picking up clumps of battery <laughs> <laughs> with a plastic bag. And- but anyway, Beef Wellington Talking to the other soldiers.
1: is very upset. He's very upset about this. He kept mentioning it to everyone who was coming into Have you seen the story about killer robots? And we were finally like, Beef, do we need to have
0: a talk? I think he was actually more upset by the fact he posted it on his Facebook page. And he was more upset by the fact that pretty much nobody had said anything about <laughs> it. People were like, eh, whatever. Absolutely. They liked his shots from his recent concert, but they weren't really all that concerned right. with the killer robots. I think it's the idea of them being killer robots Right. They weren't, like, killing anybody. They were literally just walking on a treadmill. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Which is, you know, not the easiest thing in the world, having been and thrown into the wall let's see more how than you re- once. <laughs> right? let's
1: see how you <laughs> react when you go to the gym and see a robot on the treadmill, sir. Anyway, we, need to, we have a special report tonight from Breck Artery. And, but before we get to that report, I just need to say to everyone right now, it was a fun sketch the one time we did it. I'm not reading any more of my mother's porn. We'll see. Until, like, two weeks from now. We'll just see. But in the meantime, here's Breck Artery. We take you to Breck Artery live from the fanciest mobile station in the world located here
0: in the heart of beautiful West Hollywood. Breck? Breck Artery. Live from the nicest mobile station in America, here in West Hollywood, California, it's time for the annual media-driven gasoline-is-going-up panic reports to start pouring in. In the summer, when the news slows down a bit and Lindsay Lohan is in rehab, the national media shifts their focus to the price of gasoline. They speak of increased travel demand and speculation. Recently, they've begun talking about the newly invented marketing term, summer blend, like we buy our gasoline at Starbucks. They have no idea what that means, but somehow it affects the price of gasoline. Here to talk with us about this volatile market is Ramsey Price spokesperson of the Gas Institute of America. Thanks for joining us on the Dinner Party Show, Ramsey. Happy to be here. Ramsey, why is the price of gasoline so high? Well, maybe we should be asking why it is
1: so low. Why should we be asking that? O- well, for openers, it's a better question. But, really? but, But better yet, maybe because no one is asking it. Hmm. The media never mentions the unspoken
0: massive subsidy that keeps gasoline prices so low in this country. Okay, I'll bite. What is this massive subsidy? The U.S. military. Is that gasoline
1: subsidy? Correct, Breck. Each year, we spend something like $650 billion funding the U.S. military. But, hmm. but how much of that is spent to stabilize oil-producing regions and secure the flow of foreign oil? How much? Well, it's unclear, but how much of the military operations take place in and around the Middle East and oil-related war on terror operations? It's all about oil, and yet we don't associate those costs with the cost of the 130 to 140 billion gallons of gasoline we consume in this country every year. A $2 a gallon dedicated tax that was used exclusively for the military would raise roughly a third of the $650 billion we spend on the military and still price gasoline less than most other countries already pay. Wouldn't that drive down demand for gasoline?
2: Well, exactly,
1: Brett. In, in Europe, gasoline is priced from $2 to $250 a liter. That's roughly up to $10 a gallon. Still, a lot more than we are talking about here, even with the $2 tax I'm proposing consistently higher oil and gas prices have been enough to inspire European countries to create and maintain a viable ground-based mass transit system
0: that allows them to avoid the necessity of driving. What advanced technology is involved in this system? They're called trains, Breck. Oh, but uh, wouldn't it be expensive to build and develop such systems? Well, a dollar a gallon would raise around
1: $130 a year and our gas would still be cheaper than it is
0: in Europe, even with the $2 a gallon military tax. So what you're saying, Ramsey, is that we could easily pay for a whole new system of transportation with what we're currently spending on gasoline now. At $4 a gallon, that's roughly $520
1: billion a year. With that kind of transportation budget, we could actually start
0: paving the streets with gold. Thanks, Ramsey. So, enjoy your low gas prices, America, and happy motoring. Until next time, this is Breck Artery wishing you good night and good dinner.
1: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. The Dinner Party Show will be the judge of that. Welcome back. I'm Christopher Rice, Eric Shaw Quinn's straight friend... Um, what? Why are you what? looking at me like that? <laughs> Is that, that? Does that refer to your comedy standing? <laughs> I was straight for like five
0: minutes in high school. Yeah, I've seen uh, CubaVac 2000, <laughs> the film you made when you were Listen to me. five years old. You Listen were the to me. gayest thing in San Francisco Every at Every six-year-old looks like
1: a flaming homosexual. That's a rule of childbearing. There
0: is going to be a gang of angry six-year-olds waiting <laughs> outside the studio tonight when you leave. Well, you know
1: what? I'm pissed, because let me tell you something. If the party people had their way, our whole show would just be me reading my mother's porn. Yeah, you blew it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't blow it. We rehearsed this little
0: bit during the break. Would be, be would be, and killer
1: robots. Oh, you were supposed to say and killer robots because that's what you said during the break when I said that to you. You were like and killer. You blew it. I, I think you
0: blew it. No, but then I couldn't say the thing that Christopher <laughs> wanted me to Let's say. Do
1: it. We're going to rewind. If the party people had their way, the whole show would just be me reading my mother's porn and killer robots. Well, maybe we can get the killer robots to read your mother's poem. Wah, porn. Wah, wah, wah. Now you blew it. I did. Said I said, poem said poems instead, instead of porn. porn. Has your mother written any poetry? No. But you know what we used to do for fun? We used to <laughs> We used to sit around the what? kitchen table and read Daniel Steele's poetry to each other. Have Daniel you ever read Daniel Steele Steele's has poetry? poetry? No. Oh yeah. There's a line in it I think the thoughts fall twice, not like mice. Then that's when we all started weeping. Oh, that's really table. great. Daniel Steele used to open her books with poetry. I've been called the gay Daniel Steele by an anonymous asshole on Amazon.
0: And when we find him, we're going to kill him.
1: Well, I'm going to talk to my real estate agent because she as really a, pulls in the big bucks.
0: As a family, we used to do a thing we called honking for hamburgers. We oh, really? We would drive around the neighborhoods at Christmas, and if your house was just covered with lights and had dancing, singing things and music in the we would... Pull up in the yard and blow the horn like we would at a hamburger stand for service for somebody to come out and wait on our car. (laughs) <laughs> it was a lovely family tradition. Wow, that's The lovely. holidays with the Quinn.
1: <laughs> Honkin' for hamburgers. Honkin'
0: for hamburgers. Or Danielle Steele's poetry at the kitchen table. Christopher said that his mom used to sing Summertime and the Living is Easy to him as a lullaby. Yeah, but she would very sing it. Very dramatic in Christopher's <laughs> she nursery. Would,
1: she would sing it very gently and melodically Not over like my Lena, bed. Not like Lena. Not like Lena Horne with a flower in her hair, and drunk around the bedroom while I was trying to go to sleep. No, it wasn't that kind of setting. <laughs> If you were
0: young, you might not remember it exactly.
1: <laughs> remember that. Listen, we've worked very hard here at the Dinner Party Show to come up with our own favorite crazy
0: quote from Michelle oh, Bachman. Wait, I have to find that in a <laughs> giant pile have of Have I stuff
1: overwhelmed you with papers this evening, I think here at it Shaw is Quinn? Really,
0: yes. I feel like those dreams where you're, you're there to take the test and <laughs> you haven't studied or you're naked on stage or you don't know your lines in the movie.
1: Well, you know, it's really hard to pick. She had so many. if, if you're You're just joining reality. Michelle Bachman has decided not to run for re-election.
0: Because they're getting ready to put her ass in jail and she's not (laughs) going to win anyway. But that had nothing to do with it. Absolutely. And so people have been collecting her
1: craziest public statements from the last few years of her political (laughs) life. Which is
0: really a huge – the 12-volume set will be Uh, available.
1: Okay, what's your favorite? Have you found the one
0: that I found in this list that you put together? This very, very brief list because literally we could do one of those marathon readings, like naming all the the, naming all the victims of the Civil War or something, (laughs) ringing a bell once, and people stand outside for weeks saying all of their names. Yeah, be like that. But this very brief list of this we've excerpted, and it's. uh, If we took away the minimum wage, if conceivably it was gone, we could potentially virtually wipe out out unemployment <laughs> completely because we would be able to offer jobs at whatever level, like slavery. If we reinstated <laughs> slavery, unemployment would be a thing of the past. Absolutely. You we could, could just, just go, pay
1: people a quarter so that or, they weren't slaves. Or
0: just not pay them at all and right. then they would just be slaves and then we wouldn't like, oh, for God's sake, I love that, that maybe I literally, I hadn't seen that one before today and I literally laughed out loud they, There, There's so many and again, we, we took a
1: poll on our uh, of our party people and they don't want us talking about Michelle Bachman for so, I'm just going to give you all my favorite. And this is a rally, a campaign rally. She opened up with the line Before we get started, let's all say happy birthday to Elvis Presley today. And it was
0: actually the anniversary of his death. But you know, <laughs> happy birthday anyway. He had to be born so that he could die.
1: Happy birthday, Michelle. Right. Barkley. You can't have
0: resurrection without crucifixion. Absolutely. Speaking okay, of
1: which. Speaking of which, a much more interesting story which is being referred to as Crackgate <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had seen out of the corner of my eye on Facebook that there was some serious shit going down with the mayor of Toronto. Oh, Canada. Right. And if you don't know anything about uh, Tom Ford, not to be, is that his name? Rob Ford, excuse me, not to be confused with his brother Tom, who <laughs> transformed Gucci into the label it is today.
0: And is a sexy, heavy, cool designer. Yeah. Rob Ford
1: is sort of the Chris Christie, or would like to be the Chris Christie of Canada. Sort yeah. of self styled. Nothing
0: like Miss christy
1: <laughs> <laughs> So here's the story, okay? Uh, crack dealers are claiming they have a video of t- Tom Ford, Tom <laughs> Rob Ford, excuse me. Stop
0: talking mean <laughs> about Tom Ford. I love Tom Ford. I love Tom Ford. A single man was amazing. It
1: was and It's not okay. Rob Ford smoked crack on video, allegedly, with some fellow
0: crack friends. And the crack friends all well, talking trash about minorities and gay people and yeah. just it's like this cornucopia <laughs> of horrible things all collected together. And when he was done, he ran over a dog and a child. Right, and, and then he turned either. to the person with the phone and said, "You're not filming, are you?" <laughs> That's really the conclusion. <laughs> But anyway, nobody's seen this video because the crack people are gonna sell
1: it for a certain amount of money. And so Gawker.com started an indieGoGo campaign to raise the $200,000. They're they calling need. it crack crack Starter. starter.
0: <laughs> Their Crackstarter campaign. I love this story. It's this an is such a great story. and important news story. It really,
1: really is. And meanwhile, everyone who works for him is quitting. Um, but the the crackstarter campaign reached its goal, and, and Gawker justified this by saying that the way the campaign was structured, right, is that nobody actually had to give any money until they met their goal, right? So if they didn't reach two hundred thousand dollars, and you pledged a certain amount, it was just a pledge. You weren't out five dollars that they were then going to spend on their you know coffee and donuts at their
0: offense. fancy <laughs> Gawker headquarters in. Some coffee shop in Midtown.
1: Absolutely. But this was an amazing story. And so. now,
0: in a, a late-breaking and highly unexpected uh, development, they've reached their goal, but they can no longer find the crack dealers. No, really? <laughs> That's what Rachel said. The The national media is literally covering the story because it's, it is like media crack. It is mm-hmm. a completely irresistible story because it's so horrible. And the pictures this guy is a lunatic he does things Mm -hmm. like be photographed dressed as a nazi with his nazi friends and just (laughs) he's just a crazy like there's a there's a video of him coming out of some meeting or something and he literally runs into the camera (laughs) it hits him right in the face (laughs) Or he's at a ball game and he was supposed to throw the ball or something like the opening pitch or I think it was a football game. Anyway, he throws the ball and falls on his ass. Like nobody's anywhere near him and it's just from the action of throwing the ball. He's really, he's like- He hadn't had his crack that day. Right. He's a collection of really sort of humorous film clips and whatever. Look him up. He's really not Tom Ford, but Rob Rob Ford. Ford. Tom Ford, you should see a single man and you should see those clothes and- I don't know. I haven't. Is the cologne any good? You're the cologne. You know themed. the
1: cologne is very sharp and distinctive. And there are a lot of colognes that he puts out now. Rob
0: Ford is coming out with a new cologne called "The Scent of Crack." This is- <laughs> Smell my crack.
1: Crack smack. <laughs> With Rob Ford, yeah, no, the colognes are—they're very uh, pungent and they're very strong, and they're not—they're not, you know, wearing around the house cologne.
0: Is that a thing? I wear a cologne around the house. They're wearing—they're wearing in wearing a really large venue cologne.
1: <laughs> where you want to smell opera like house cologne. Onions, flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and a memory
4: of fame.
1: <laughs> anyway, I think that's all the time we have for this segment, even though we have about 90 more news stories that I printed out packets for well, Eric. The show on.
0: isn't over, so perhaps <laughs> we can talk about this. I'll read up on them during I just the want next.
1: To sit here and giggle about Crackstarter for the rest I, of the show. People are really... going to think we're drunk, is what they're going to think.
0: Or on crack. Or on
1: crack. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Well, I think it's time for a word from one of our sponsors, and then we're going to
0: hear from Twan, Queen of the Stars. We'll be back in a bit each year dozens more reality shows come on the air and each year the premises get thinner and thinner in just a few short years we've gone from surviving in the jungle and identifying the truly talented to pest control and duck call manufacturers this season it's dental work with the stars Each week, a group of celebrity has-been contestants will each have a dental procedure. You'll endure endless discussions of the process. If we're gonna beat Hasselhoff, this tooth has to come out. Then, our intrusive cameras will take you into the operating theater to go where almost no one willingly wants to go anyway. No, no, please, God! Then it's up to you, America. Each week, You'll vote for the dental work that you think best exemplifies the incisors and bicuspids of the rich and famous. Sorry, Miss Anderson. America has spoken and you're going home. As we count down to the finalist and the winner of the Ryan Lochte-designed Golden Grill. Kate Hudson, your full
2: dentures.
0: Took you over
1: the top! You are the new dental damsel.
0: Congratulations! (laughs) Join us on ABC, the network that destroyed two perfectly good scripted series by moving them around until no one could find them or watch them anymore for our latest soulless and short-sighted ratings ploy, Dental Work with the Stars. Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Soup's on. And now it's time for astrological, astrological advice from Twan,
2: Queen. Queen of the Stars.
0: Hey, Twan, Queen of the Stars here with the real dirt on what the constellations are up to and how you can read the signs before they read you. Just because it's crab season doesn't mean it's all about you, Cancer. Cancer. This month's Planet Dance will have your emotions doing the cha-cha. But not to worry, it's just Venus transiting cancer. The goddess of love will rule your heart and the heavens through month's end. You'll be happier looking for a deeper connection and true intimacy and not just summer romance. Except for that whore Virgo who doesn't even need a dinghy for a shipboard romance. Neptune turns retrograde in Pisces on June 6th, inspiring spiritual epiphany and creative renaissance through November. While that slut Virgo will be wasting her time thinking up ways to trap her victims into nights of meaningless carnal lust, the rest of us can strengthen our financial foundation with Venus Bout with Cancer and dance to the Neptune as we follow our dreams. Unless you're just looking for a good time, in which case, go ahead and call Virgo. With a sure thing like that, you can have plenty of summertime fun and still have lots of energy left over for the important things. Till next time, this is Twan reminding you to watch out for the stars. listening to the dinner party show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn and now it's time for the soup brought to you by your perpetually victimized gay brother
2: i will have you know that i am writing a play about all of you
0: the dinner party show keep listening if you've got the stomach for it my mom used to lean in over the bed and sing that song <laughs> to me as a, as a child to lull me to sleep at night mom nobody. Go to sleep, Eric. Mom's scout work was really amazing.
1: (laughs) Look, I know you're envious of the fact that I have an amazing mom who can sing. Right.
0: You know, it's no need to. Very dramatically with flowers in her hair and Orchestral work. Absolutely. In
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So some omissions in our coverage are being pointed out to us by the party people. We forgot to mention the passing
0: of Jean Stapleton, which was very sad, but she lived a long life. right? She was 90, but wow, what a wonderful – like it made me very – very sad to you know that there was no more, oh Archie, oh, Archie, out there in the world. I kept thinking of it. Oh, that's the way Glenn Miller played, songs that made the hair parade. That's
1: the way your mother taught you to sing, isn't it?
0: That's how I learned it from her, yeah. Absolutely. You should hear my scout work,
1: babe. <laughs> that's your opening line with Later. all the men. That's what I got. Eric scatwork was actually yeah. going to be the original name of this show. In the meantime, uh, we have it forgotten. Didn't test well. We've forgotten the gay headline of the week. Maybe it's because I'm not really gay, but
0: um, behind the candelabra was on. Wow. Whoa. I, so unexpected. It was on last Sunday. I so went we, home didn't from the show. we didn't talk about it on our show because we didn't
1: want our East Coast viewers watching it during our show. Because that's how it works.
0: <laughs> People just do whatever we tell them to, just like that. We're like Oprah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, so I went home for an, and I really, I thought it was going to be, you know, a candy floss kind of all costumes and oh girl kind of very gay product, you know, mm-hmm. lewd and funny and What's his name? Matt running around in his speedo and What's his looking name? really good. That's how we're going to refer to Mr. Oh, Matt. For oh, God's sake, me. really, Sorry. we're gonna—that's gonna be the story. Oh, okay. Anyway, keep going. You can, you know, keep your crushes to yourself since you're so straight. Um, <laughs> anyway, it was not. It was searing. It was moving. It was a really unflinching look at a gay marriage and kind of a real call for some. Some yeah. laws about marriage because a lot of what happened was as a result of you know the absence of the whole community property. Thing. One of
1: the first things you ever said to me when we became friends, which I quoted you as saying in the advocate,
0: and I did quote you properly. That means he gave attribution.
1: Going to. In a
0: footnote that was on the back it was of the book. not
1: on a footnote. It said, My my very
0: dear old My friend, oldest,
1: oldest, oldest friend. Lady Eric Shaw Quinn saith. Going to the white party means more when you have to fork over half your income to the person you left at home over what you did there. Um, yeah. No, I mean, like, right. Absolutely. You had always said that about the Andrew Cunanan story. Yeah. Would Andrew Cunanan have been I, – I mean, like, I think Andrew Cunanan was a psychopath, so it's hard to make that equation. But would all of those men have been able to kick him to the curb so quickly and effectively and leave I him I think Johnny anything?
0: Versace would be alive today if gay marriage was legal because I don't think the man who set Andrew Cunanan off and sent him on that murderous rampage would have been able to throw him aside for a younger model if he'd had to – I don't think he'd have been willing to if he'd had to give him the house at the beach and half of all of his future income. I'm not saying that marriage should be a punishment, but it is a real responsibility, and it changes the nature of relationship. And one of the things that Behind the Candelabra pointed out was the inequality of that relationship and the way that it played out over the long... It was really... I don't want to give too much away because we want to be a spoiler-free zone here at the Dinner Party Show, but... I mean to tell you there was it was just so completely not was I, what I was expecting the performances were excellent the script right. was interesting the story was in no way a white watch which I think Biopics usually are.
1: Yeah. Ray
0: and walk the line. Right. I, not <clears throat> favorite movies of mine. I just thought they were whitewashed. And,
1: and I think the challenge of a biopic, which I used to call a biopic up until I met you. Which I love. Is that it the story is known, the ending is often known. So it is all about the the way that you position the perspective in the lens. It's about how far in you go. And they went yeah. in real deep. I mean I there mean, was it was
0: unflinching
1: Michael Douglas is blowing Matt Damon in bed about 15, 20 minutes. In and I was like, wow. And I have this experience. I don't know if you have it, but I, I think it's something that the gay community probably shares, this sense of, oh my God, they're showing uh, that on television. They're showing what we do on television and other people. It's not a secret anymore. It's being oh, it's yeah, like the mirror like comes real. up. It's
0: just like you every know? other show on television right. with straight people. Like there was long periods of conversations in the bed with them, you know, post-coitally having right. sort of amused conversations with you. It was very, very yeah. frank. The two of them handled it Without being leering and without it being I, – I thought it was tastefully done. It yeah. was contextually accurate because the nature of their relationship was entirely sexual since they were right. denied the rights to marriage that we still are.
1: Right, absolutely. And I don't think we really come away thinking that Scott Thorson is some innocent babe in the woods who didn't have his own agenda when he moved in there. But they were together a long time.
0: Yeah, I mean whatever your reasons for right. being there people get married for all kinds of reasons and security is certainly one of them this right. was so yeah i don't think that he comes off then I, it was it wasn't lost on me that as that film was released that man is in prison where he was put after stealing money to try and pay for his cancer treatment. That's where Scott is today. Wow. Rather than, you know, being able to pay for his, his health care mm-hmm. with the estate that he was left after the death of his spouse. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Well, highly recommended at the Dinner Party show.
0: And— one of the interesting, other interesting notes from the show that we wanted to point out was one of the minor characters was played by the star. Oh, right. Of the, it's a show called Norman Rockwell's uh, Shuffleton Barbershop, which was written by your mo- a friend of your mom.
1: Yes, it was written by John Wilder. He wrote the teleplay for it. And John Wilder wrote a, a very good script for a miniseries version of The Feast of All Saints, which my mother's novel, which was on Showtime uh, many years back. And John's script was really one of the best parts of that miniseries and he worked on this project for years and it's on the Hallmark Channel and the young man the playing the lead, Austin Stowell, I believe his name That's is. That's good
0: for you. Yes.
1: Well, he's, you know, it's not— in, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. easy to remember. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, not unpleasant to see.
1: It's like that Onion editorial. I'm sorry, I can only remember the names of people I want to sleep with who, are, or who I think might give me a job. Um, I mean, it's a Hallmark movie.
0: It's not behind the, beyond the, behind the candelabra. But he
1: has a moment of being a guy that Liberace is flirting with backstage. Yeah, at the, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so when we come back, it will be time. It will be time to announce the winner of the Win a Phone Call from Anna Rice Oh my contest. God, the
0: reason that everybody actually tuned in. Absolutely. Just a minute. You're
1: listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. I'm Christopher
0: Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn.
1: We've made every effort to make sure you can access our show for free across a variety of platforms. We debut a live show every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the player at our website www.thedinnerpartyshow.com This same stream can be accessed via our free mobile apps for Apple and Android devices, so you don't have to be in front of your computer to
0: join the party. We're on for 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. That's right, if you miss the live show, we replay it continuously throughout the week, until a new show debuts the following Sunday at the same time. Our free mobile apps keep you connected to these Encore presentations as well. We interact with our live listeners through our Facebook page, so if you'd like to ask a question
1: of a guest or have us respond to your comment, make sure you've liked the page for The Dinner Party Show
0: on Facebook. Our SoundCloud profile is where we feature reports from our special correspondents. You can access all of our social media platforms by visiting the links at the top left-hand side of our website, thedinnerpartyshow.com. They're located right next to the player. YouTube is where we post backstage video and Twitter is where we spotlight quotes from the show and breaking dinner party show news, including announcements about upcoming guests and special episodes.
1: For our podcast listeners, a complete unedited podcast of the entire show posts to iTunes the day after the episode debuts. We also have a show archive on our
0: website, which allows you to stream or download complete episodes. Our production quality is high, and so, rather than compressing the sound file and sacrificing quality for our non-live listeners, we break our podcasts into four bite-sized servings.
1: For our iTunes subscribers, if you'd like to have entire episodes downloaded automatically, make sure you've checked the setting Get All Episodes episodes. Otherwise, only the first serving will download automatically.
0: At the risk of turning our entire show into a series of technical announcements, we're going to shut up now and get back to the live cast already in progress. I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And I'm Christopher Rice.
1: And we've taken away all your technical excuses not to listen to The Dinner Party Show. Now it's time for Eric's Rash Pronouncement of the Week.
0: Conspiracy theorists presuppose more organization incompetence than the government ever manages to demonstrate.
1: This has been Eric's Rash Pronouncement of the Week.
0: So, we have a segment for our non-live listeners. (laughs) I just heard the technical promo, maybe the first time that I didn't doze off before it was over. (laughs) The zombie listeners out there. <laughs> 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 Braves,
1: Braves. Braves. Yeah, all right. I wrote it in a rush. Whatever. Non-live listeners. Should I tell my story about the technical promo again? And Rice's,
0: <laughs> Rice's Son <laughs> writes a promo for non-live <laughs>
1: listeners. The undead show. The undead is later tonight. listener. Okay, so the hour has arrived, and we're going to stall for the next few minutes. But we are announcing the winner of the win a phone call. From Man Rice oh, contest. my
0: God. This
1: contest has been running for weeks. It has been a huge success for us because Just we started at 4,000 likes on Facebook. We're now up to, as of a few hours ago, over 12,000. So,
0: well done, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah. There are those angry 6-year-olds coming for you. <laughs> you made that remark about <laughs>
1: <laughs> all 6-year-olds look like flaming homosexuals. I think it's about it's a it's a remark about the inherent androgyny of the human race. Okay, moving on. Um- <laughs> So we started the contest several weeks ago. We were wondering what would be a prize that would appeal to our audience other than, you know, having Anne Rice come and do your dishes in your kitchen, which she said no to
0: because she is a party pooper, party people. Right, because there's nothing more fun than having somebody come by and do your dishes.
1: (laughs) Well, you get a chance to talk to them and you feel like they're part of your family. They're
0: not even facing you (laughs) You unless you're standing outside the house looking in through the window above the sink.
1: I don't think you've seen my mom do dishes. It's not really— She's not fully occupied while you're, she does You're that.
0: absolutely right, Christopher. I have not <laughs> seen your mother doing dishes. It has
1: been a long time since anyone <laughs> has seen Anne Rice do dishes. Let me tell you that much. Okay, so we, we were spitballing, as they say in Ew. the uh, poser industry. We I were don't say that. We don't say that. We were brainstorming, which is equally gross. It's like a storm it's in your brain. It's less gross
0: than spitballing. Okay, whatever. Blech. Whatever, whatever. It has spit in it. Okay.
1: So Squeamish and I, over we were thinking of ideas for what uh, what would be a good but unique contest prize, and it was like signed books. <laughs> yeah, whatever signed books.
0: Um. Hey, let's not get all <laughs> shitty about signed books. <laughs> By Christopher. And now we'll talk ugly about the show. First, we'll <laughs> impugn our professions, and then we'll insult the show. And
1: you insulted the technical announcement that I spent like fifteen minutes. I did not. I just right. I hadn't
0: heard the part about the non living listeners. Non
1: live listeners. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for our dead listeners.
1: <laughs> anyway, the, so we decided that the best prize, I decided, really. I mean, it was it really... Well, was you priority. suggested
0: it, but I think everybody agreed in a f- huge room full of people that were talking about it. <laughs> we were, there were five of us, but the yeah. The conclave of popes agreed. Right, the white smoke came out of the chimney and the Absolutely. decision was... win a
1: 10-minute phone call from man Rice. Is it 10 minutes? It's a 10-minute phone call. Did it's they tell a, her? It's around 10 I don't think she's like, she's not making your voicemail for you. Let's put it that way. She'll
0: call you up and demand it up. Where are my car keys? (laughs) 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 Anyway. So
1: um, we had a lot of entrants, and in order to fully enter, you had to complete the app on our Facebook page. It looks like we will run this contest again in the future. It was such a success. So if you are not or the lucky person of it, tonight—
0: I think we should win a con- run a contest where if we hit 100,000, that you will read your mother's porn.
1: Okay, we'll do that. Okay, we'll do that. I, if we get a, over 100,000 likes on Facebook, I will read more than, let's say, a substantial and explicit— Section from my mother's novel, uh, "The Claiming of." It Sleeping may be a Beauty. special
0: segment. We may not do it on the actual show, but we may do actually do a I, special well, promotional I'll, segment. I'll
1: record it and then I will leave town for four months so that I can recover. It, yeah, that's Ford. not
0: going to work for me. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. nothing. Ever anyway, works for you. so some version of this contest or this contest because it went really
1: well. It did go really well, and I hit my pop screen. Listen, it is time.
0: To pull, the we've name delayed long enough. We've done, we've Tyra Banks' this long we enough. We have
1: Tyra Banks, it's Eric Shaw. Oh, well, I'm, I'm gonna going read the to winner, give you, and oh, wait, I am to gonna find g- my glasses. Go over here with my drum set, okay? Oh my god, it's
0: sealed. <laughs> I tore it, okay? And the winner is Anna Redhawk. Anna Redhawk.
3: Yay!
0: <laughs> Those are the wrong children. Those oh the, no, the Anna children are laughing at yeah,
1: Anna. That's Anna so unkind. Children are so cruel. Anna Redhawk, you are the winner of the win a phone call from Anne Rice contest. So you should email us at at uh, no. We're going to email Anna. Oh, Actually, we're email we have Emma. Anna's email oh, okay. address. We have Anna's credit card numbers. We have a little bit of Anna's DNA. All of these were given <laughs> as part of the contest entry. Wow, we're yeah. really stressed. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What's happening? What? Oh well, it was
0: a celebratory oh, thing we wanted. It sense. was just something to celebrate.
1: We canceled the restless leg like No, we last wanted to week. make
0: it a bigger. Oh my God! Now you, you, you awesome. I said you, you promised you would practice. You brought that cat back. We discussed this every week with the cat. This is bullshit. Damn it, Billy! I mean, B.
4: Don't <laughs> <laughs> use their real names. On oh my the
0: God! Air. All right, look, look! Oh, oh my God! Oh. Well, it's over at least. Oh, Jesus. Congratulations, Anna.
1: Anyway, let's go, let's, let's go to Miss JoNelle Sams, right? We got a report from Miss JoNelle Sams up?
0: Uh, Sure, anything
1: but An- that. Anything but the restless leg dancers. It's time once again for the Dinner Party
0: Show's Homemade Relationship Advice with JoNelle Sams. Hi, this is Jonelle Sams with homemade relationship advice. If you have a relationship question, you can send it to me, care of The Dinner Party Show's Facebook fan page, or at jonelle at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Well, summer is upon us, and many of you, I know, are planning vacations in the upcoming summer months. For many, a trip to a romantic resort or tropical cruise can be a chance to meet someone and begin a summer romance that might be ready for harvest in the fall. But for those of us already in relationships or married, planning a summer vacation can be tricky, as this week's listener points out. She writes, Dear Nell, My dread grows as each passing day draws ever nearer the days of summer and the uncertainty they bring. Very dramatic, girl. My husband, I know, will want to break out the mildew-smelling camping crap, stuff it into the back of his SUV, and drag my ass off into the woods or some lake or river where he can ignore me for hours fishing or torment me with endless walks through the snake and bug-infested hell date with nature. Jonelle, just once, I'd like for us to spend a couple of weeks in Europe or even Mexico or somewhere that's about being inside, walking through history or art. My husband says we can't afford it, but I know he has been looking at RVs, so I wonder why we can't go into debt to get something I'd like for a change, like France. What can I do, Jonelle? I love my husband, but must I endure poison ivy to prove it? Can I change his mind about vacations, or am I doomed, or worse yet? Is my marriage? Signed, All is Lost in the Woods. Dear Lost, hang on. Here's a solution to your vacation woes that may surprise you and which I think could save more marriages than Dr. Phil and Oprah combined. I'm talking about separate vacations. I know, I've seen the ads and the movies and it always looks like everyone is happy and romance is blooming around every bend in the road. But let me ask you something. Have you ever tried to have a picnic on the beach? Sand in your food, smoke blowing in your face, and if the wind dies, the flying insects are like something out of Jurassic Park. In the movies and Coca-Cola TV ads, everyone at the beach picnic is smiling and the food looks lovely and there's not so much as a gnat to be waved away. I, I guess what 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 I mean here is don't believe everything you see. We enjoy fantasies as an escape from reality, but just like a picnic on the beach, vacation is nothing but reality. When Merle and I first married, I spent time and effort trying to plan the best vacations that I could, not only so that Merle and I could enjoy time together, but to show appreciation for how hard Merle works all year at the barbershop. And every year it was all sunburns and mosquito bites and hurt feelings. As you well know, Lost, not everyone thinks that the great outdoors is all that great. (laughs) My Merle would rather be at the dentist than in a fishing boat baking in the warm summer sun out on Lake Hazard. So I tried the other way. I'd tag along with Merle and his best friend, Olson Lee Pugh, dragging through the streets of New York, wandering around, wasting my days looking at pictures that looked like a monkey could have painted them, or sitting half the night listening to some half-dressed teenager caterwauling about love at the top of her lungs in some musical or other. Don't get me wrong, art can be wonderful if it matches your decor, and I find the theater that Merlin Olsen do very entertaining, but more I suspect because I think they are so cute doing it, but neither are my ideas a vacation. I did my best, but I wasn't happy and they were not enjoying my company, and Lord knows I didn't understand half the things they said. And then, one year, I took sick just before it was time to leave on vacation. It wasn't so bad that I didn't insist that Merle and Olsen go on. And true enough, I was quick on the mend and right as rain in a day or two. Well, with Merle away, I spent my time day tripping out to Lake Hazard on fishing excursions and out trapping small game for my taxidermy projects in the woods hereabouts. Well, when Merle and Olsen got home, they looked more relaxed than I'd seen them in years and I had enough ferrets and raccoons for everyone on my Christmas list. Best of all, I finally had the key to planning a successful vacation. I stopped planning for anyone but me. Merle is of course welcome to come along trapping and fishing if he wants to, but as he says, if the good Lord had meant for us to be outside, he wouldn't have created Holiday Inn Crown Point. And lost, I will tell you, there is truth to the old saying that absence makes the heart grow fonder. Many is the time that Merle has come home from vacation from his theater junkets or antique safaris more than a little tired of his best buddy Olson, and more than a little attentive to me. And the gifts I get, they are lovely, but none is better than offering the love of my life a vacation that he finds truly relaxing. The bonus is, I get a vacation I enjoy as well. So lost, go to France and let your husband do what he likes best. Chances are, he'll like you better for it. And if not, you'll always have Paris. Till next time, I'm Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice.
1: If you have relationship questions, write to Jonelle Care of the Dinner Party Show Facebook page or to jonelle at thedinnerpartyshow.com.
0: If Europe is so great, where did all those immigrants come from in the first place? The Dinner Party
1: Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. The dish is served. Well, we were going to launch a new segment this week, but someone thought it was a bad idea.
0: I did. I thought it was a terrible You see, the segment was going to be called... Let's not even say what it was going to be called, since we agreed that we aren't doing the segment at all. Let's just let bygones be bygones. Well, we didn't agree we weren't going to talk about it. We just agreed we weren't going okay, to Okay, fine. Enough already. Talk about it if you must.
1: The segment was going to be called The Most Ridiculous Person on the Internet. Uh, and each week, I was going to go out... You were
0: supposed and- to do an extensive search for the most ridiculous comment posted on a blog or a news story, but instead, you kept picking out the trolls on your own Facebook page who pissed you off that week. That's
1: right. And Eric, who believes that Success means you should lay yourself open to abuse. I did
0: not say that. I didn't say anything of the kind. I simply pointed out that by devoting a portion of your internet radio show to trolls on your Facebook page, you were in fact encouraging their behavior. I've said this to you right along, whenever you freak out about hateful postings from random strangers on your Facebook wall, well, whatever you respond to on social media, there will be more of. So we're not launching our new segment. No, we are not. We will think of other segments, segments that don't encourage petty, mean-spirited, circular debates that take our time away from working on things like This show, for instance.
1: I see. So it's about how hard I work on the show. It's about
0: how hard you work on people you have never met.
1: I haven't met Buffy Peterson, Samiko Salson, and Justin Simpson, but we work plenty hard on them.
0: That's because they work plenty hard on us. They're here almost every Sunday night, and they post lovely things about us online.
1: That said, we are still not launching our new segment about those who don't.
0: No, we are not. Because here at the Dinner Party Show... We like to focus on the positive since when since you ran out of ideas for audiobook bestsellers oh yeah paging pedestrian of the week oh okay from this day forward the dinner party show will be focusing on the positive how's that So
1: I'm just supposed to lie back and take it when someone calls me
0: a racist
1: because I asked if Los Angeles could be served without cilantro. No,
0: you're supposed to log off of Facebook and work on your novel.
1: And when someone accuses me of using hate speech because I profess a deep affection for dogs that are, quote,
0: fat and useless. You're supposed to log off Facebook and work on your novel. So
1: that's going to be your response to me whenever I'm wasting time. Log off of Facebook and work on your novel. Yes,
0: because you're a novelist. So are you. And all I see you doing is baking cookies. And all I see you doing is eating them. Oh, for Christ's sake. This is ridiculous. This I is will not have on. any more to Give do with anything. break. You're for driving Christ me absolutely sake. crazy. This is the subject. We're going to have to talk about it. This has been another segment of Christopher and Eric Don't Launch a New Segment. Tune in next week when Christopher and Eric don't launch a Facebook campaign against a restaurant that gives them crappy service.
1: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for The Dish, brought to you by your
0: mother, Mistress of Guilt. (sighs) Okay. Go ahead and step on my foot. Why would I need to walk anywhere? I haven't been anyplace nice in
1: years. The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And our guest is joining us here in the studio, Paul V. Vitagliano. Did oh. I pronounce it correctly?
3: You get a, a gold star.
1: I get a He has been practicing all week. Congratulations,
0: Christopher. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Although I have to say- and What a host, huh? We're, we're going to talk about your blog and your book, both of which are called Born This Way. But when I have- mentioned you this week to people that go oh DJ Paul V yeah from Dragstrip right, right. Yeah. that's right yeah so, so talk about your previous life a little bit well
3: it's uh, it's actually still my life right? the, the oh, blog and the get no, your kicks fire that strip. research assistant okay, no no sorry. no I, I mean I'm still that's <laughs> really that's really my main career is, is a DJ is a club right. club and radio DJ right and I've been doing it since uh, 1981
0: knock on this fabulous <laughs> I table. think it's probably wood somewhere it's Deep, somewhere wood down and, in the uh, bottom somewhere and
3: <laughs> In fact last night uh, i just I did a great event it was the it's called get Art and it was the project angel food benefit oh, cool. art was he and, upset? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he got got but, uh, uh, they got art but <laughs> it Sorry, was, art it was, it was a great event it was really well attended and the art was incredible It was my second year actually uh djing for them and mm-hmm. um, so yeah i i the blog really happened sort of um I don't want to say by accident, organically. but it, it happened organically and so it led to sort of the new layer of my career, which is being a blogger and being an author. so Right, you're a published author now. I know. Welcome I know. to the club. Right? <laughs> oh, my God, the sourpuss.
1: Why? <laughs> no, I mean, it's just an interesting experience. Your right? Jack yeah. for oh $150
0: will right. eventually arrive.
1: Right, exactly. Like, there's a lot oh of my, eye-opening Oh, you too? The way,
3: yeah. Well, right. I ha- and I didn't do the book to make money, you know. I right. Mean, it, well, I really, that's good. good. That's a good yeah, thing. you come to the right business. Yes, that's exactly right. But, I, you know, I got my... I spoke with my agent about the, you know, my first because they do publishing does it every six months they pay you is when they do so that's when they say they're
0: going to pay right right right
3: and I ended up making like a whopping uh, like hundred and seventy three dollars Ooh, biggie for, that's pretty you big know. yeah is it really.
0: It's a running well, joke.
1: Well, you know, it's a running joke. But with a lot of authors who have been paid in advance up front, they never see royalties because the, the idea right. is they're not supposed to see royalties until they—and I'm doing air quotes for our radio listeners—earned out their oh, advance. Right.
3: Well, I did. My advance was very small and, and right. it earned out. And so, you know, but I'm it, the point is I think I'm making like 62 cents a book. Right. Which Carrie is, Fisher
0: said to me, honey, in publishing— you get the money up front, or you will surely get it from behind.
3: Ain't it the truth? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. But it's, it's all about
3: it's, the advance. Yeah, it's okay though. Like I said, you know, it's, I think it's, it's a labor such a
0: wonder, Right? It's such a wonderful collection. And it's such a great idea. I, I think that has to be with all writing, but I think particularly with this project. So it started as a blog.
1: Yes. It's talk st- about that. How did you start? How did how did that organic process take root?
3: Well, it. I had. I actually had the idea about five years ago, and the idea came. I can show you. Your listeners can't see it, but this. They'll little, see it on YouTube. We're uh, filming this for YouTube. This little boy in the blue jumpsuit. Oh, I
0: love that picture. I've this, been looking at it all week, and it's on the Facebook page. If you want to hear it, if you yeah. want to see the picture now. That's right. It's on the cover. His name is Dennis. And he lives in Long Beach. And, and again, this is
3: how long ago it was on MySpace. And one day I'm checking MySpace and he changes his profile picture to this. Huh. And I really had my light bulb moment because I thought to myself, A, that's a gay baby or a gay little boy. right? And wouldn't it be great if there was um, sort of the evidence of like you have the photo and it's not... It doesn't have to be a gay photo, but it's more about the story. Like, wouldn't it be great to have a collection of gay people telling the world this is who I was and this is what formed me and these are the things that you need to know about me that I can tell you about now as an adult? And I originally envisioned it that it would be all famous gay people so that for for kids reading it, they could have a bit of – I think of, that's
0: one to have heroes to identify right. with, right? They could have Absolutely. Asp- aspiration.
3: They could read about – you know, there's so many. Martina Navratilova or Ellen DeGeneres or Elton John or Greg Louganis. I mean, there's so many. Right. Um, and I did nothing with the idea because I know nothing about publishing. I mean, I, <laughs> I still don't except that I'm making 62 <laughs> well, cents
0: a book. Almost nobody working in the publishing industry knows anything about right. publishing no, either. No so.
3: comment. But um, so I sat on the idea and what, what spawned me to, or inspired me to get it online – and I've never had a blog. I mean, I've been – Online, like any other layperson. Um, in the fall of 2010, there was like a six-week period where like 10 gay kids committed right. suicide. I remember that, yeah. And it was just like every other day was another story. Horrible. And I just thought to myself, I wonder if I can take the idea and feature lay people, like just feature regular people. It doesn't have to be about famous people. And then this way... I, it'll actually get seen by more people because it's a website. It's not something you have to go to a bookstore or whatever to pick up. Right. So, so um, uh, that's what I did. I launched it in uh, the first week of January, January 9th, 2011. And... Um, the first 20 or so submissions are me begging my Facebook friends, like, hey, I've got this idea. Please Literally. Get it started. Yeah, I said, I have this idea. I think it's kind of cool. You know, dig around for a photo and tell me your story. Excuse me. And – and um the third one is Jackie Beat, mm. um, and she, and Jackie Beat has one we of- We
1: quote Jackie Beat often on this show. <laughs> I, I quote Jackie Beat often on this show. But
3: Jackie Beat has one of the best photos ever. and it's really? Yes, it's the photo of- He's eight years old, and he's in his backyard, there's a uh, statue of Caesar, a white statue of Caesar, and he is planting one on the statue. He's (laughs) kissing
2: kissing
1: it. Uh, Making out with Caesar. That's fantastic. So you have a welcome letter of sorts on the blog, which I was reading earlier today, and part of it says this. Some of the pics here feature boys with feminine traits and some girls with masculine traits. However... There's even more kids with none of those gender opposite traits. Just like real life, the LGBTQ kids here come in all shades and layers of masculine and feminine. That's right. Did you feel like that was something important to highlight or to say at the outset? Were you getting criticism? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. So, well, see, here's the thing. In, in the beginning, I've, people had the misconception that, oh, I know what this blog is. He wants me to find the gayest photo I right. have. Mm. And so a lot of the early photos were that people, people thought that, A, the only way I would post them was if they sent the big flamboyant photo or the big butch photo, which wasn't true. I posted everybody. right? Um, And so it started to get a little bit of, like, this is all stereotypes. You're just showing the world that – you're telling the world that all gay boys are feminine and flamboyant and all gay little girls are butch and, you know, whatever. And I really – Took the stance. It's like, you know, stop the self-loathing mm-hmm. and please accept all the layers of our community. Mm-hmm. The stereotypes are real. Everywhere sure. Every part of the world has stereotypes and they wouldn't exist if they weren't real. Or right, if there wasn't some basis for them. That's right. It's not like they just pluck these things out of the air and say- well, But then they that...
0: would be outliers, not stereotypes, wouldn't they?
3: Yeah. So I, I, I just tried to counteract that a little bit mm-hmm. because I wanted people- if they're only going to look at five photos and if four of them might look flamboyant, then they're going to say, oh, see. Right, right. So I really want them to spend time and go look at like how many childhood, you know, class photos. Remember, every mm-hmm. year you get a class yeah. photo. Right. Some of my favorite photos are the class photos. It's just a headshot. Mm-hmm. And everything is in the face. You don't need a pose, you don't need the clothes. It's just. As gay people, I can look at, at a class photo of a gay kid and say, gay kid. Absolutely. <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to take
1: a short break for a word from one of our sponsors, and then we'll be back with DJ Paul V, which yeah. is easier to pronounce than your full name, here on The Dinner Party Show.
0: She's a total stoner. I'm baked. <laughs> He's the P.E. coach who's determined to find her potential. I don't know, maybe she'll be good at baseball.
4: Jesus, my teeth!
2: Or soccer.
4: Ow, you don't throw the ball at the goalie's head!
2: Or lacrosse.
4: Stop, you're killing him!
2: Or rock climbing.
4: Why are you cutting my rope? Rock climbing is not a competitive sport!
2: or High lie
4: Oh, don't even try that. We don't have High lie at this school. Oh,
2: Uh,
4: I can't breathe. Uh.
0: This fall on ABC Family, it's Tripping Balls, a high school story for the awkward drug addicts in all of us. No uplifting messages and no musical numbers. This high school show is nothing but embarrassing scenes of uncoordinated actors trying to play sports. Because while there's always a market for a high school show, you take vampires out of the classroom are kind of out of gimmicks. Or mud wrestling. Okay, that's just inappropriate. Hmm. Welcome
1: back to the Dinner Party Show. Wow, that was a quick break. <laughs> We're live as We're supposed to non-live. And as opposed to dead and zombified. Our guest is DJ Paul V., otherwise known as Paul V. Vitagliano. You don't Talking necessarily have-
0: ha- Born this way.
1: Absolutely. You
3: don't necessarily have to put the V. I, I put the V, the Paul V. Vitagliano. Uh-huh. It's not my middle initial. <laughs> But I wanted it to be that if you looked at, you know, whatever, it's just, <laughs> it's branding, right? You wanted exactly. to keep the Paul V as part well, of your name. Well, and speaking of my publisher, I told them you're going to put my full. I've never used my full name in my career for 30 years. I've always been Paul V. Kind of like in porn.
0: Ka- yes. Yeah. I thank see. you. All right. Or and Judy Garland. What was her full name? Her real name is Francis Gum. Francis Gum. Yeah. I'm a bad guy. I had no <gasps> idea. For Shame. See, we're not all the same. We Although aren't. your video from Kubavac <laughs> was very much like that <laughs> little boy talking in about the blue jumpsuit. Video all night. I thought you were on me. But oh, never mind. Uh,
1: well, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I, uh, a friend of mine who taught drama, she wasn't a friend, she was a teacher of mine in San Francisco, found a, an old videotape of a play that we had done at my grammar school when I was about six years old, uh-huh. in which I played Daniel Cupid coming back from a Hawaiian vacation to find his office has been taken over by a computer called Cupivac. This is more story information about this little play than you need. A lot of backstory about it. But I, and play. there I was just prancing around the stage, just the gayest little boy you ever did see. It was mm-hmm. great. but it was, it was adorable. It was interesting to see because there was a separation in my life where we moved to the Deep South when I was about 10 years old, and it was like the social conditioning around me, not necessarily from my parents, who right. were great and very liberal and enlightened, sure. but the social conditioning was you look like a girl, right. cut your hair, lose the T-shirts with scary things on them. It's going to be polo shirts and duckhead shorts and your rat tail, right. you know, and, and it was all about trying to act butch. So to see this child again, I don't know. It was very similar to, I think, what you're trying to accomplish with this blog and book.
3: Well, here's the interesting thing, and I think, I think it's why the childhood photos resonate so much is that—and there's a cutoff, too. I try to tell people I don't really want a photo of you after around age 12 mm. because by 12, you're much more self-conscious. And that's when—well, I don't know what it's like now, but, you know, in the past is when you start to censor yourself. It's when you've learned, <clears throat> you've learned by 12 you're different. There's mm-hmm. a word for it. The word has a negativity attached right. to it. Right. You don't want to be called that, so you have right. to alter your your mannerisms, your outward energy. You have to fit in. So what I love about the photos, and even some of the youngest kids, is that when you're that young, your your true essence comes out. <laughs> you're not self aware. Who you are exactly as a person mm-hmm. gets. Is what gets captured when these cameras snap these photos, right, yeah, right. And so that was important. That I really—that's really what I want to show the world is that at six years old, you're not learning how to be a gay kid. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have a concept. <clears throat> yeah, you're just being who you are. You don't have a, and especially in terms of sexuality, I've had people say. Your blog is, how to how do six-year-olds know about gay sex? I'm like, this isn't about gay sex. Right, right. You know, straight six-year-olds don't know about straight sex, but they know they like, a straight little boy at six knows that when the really hot teacher leans over and he can get a little glimpse of her boobs, mm-hmm. that something is stirring in his loins. Mm-hmm. Now, he doesn't know why, but okay. Right, there's a response. There's a response. Well, guess what? We have the exact same response just the opposite. Right. And so, I guess, what what was I trying to just finish? Just what with?
1: gay men are looking for can be harder to see on your teacher, depending on what kind of pants they have on. Or is that right. inappropriate? Okay. I think, the,
0: <laughs> I
3: think
0: the, the, the point was kids don't actually know about sex. It's That's about right. Essentially, right. It's right. About being being gay. I've always said the, the sex part is like the same percentage of anybody's life. It's a very small percentage right. of who I am. That's Being right. gay, one of the things I love about living in West Hollywood is that Everything here is gay. Mm -hmm. Like it is so completely not special to be gay in West Hollywood. Going to the grocery store is gay. Picking up your dry cleaning is gay. Mm. City council (laughs) meetings are gay. It's all gay all the time. And so it's no big deal. Like nobody gives a shit. And I'm not talking about the sex. I'm just talking about it is the essence of who we are. Just like everybody in Madrid is Spanish.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like some people like chocolate ice cream. Some people are left-handed. Some people have blue eyes. I mean, it's... It's innate. Not, I guess that's back to the original point is that these innate, these things are innate. Right. They're not – you can't learn them. You can't right. learn this way. <laughs> Thank you. But also I think it raises an interesting <laughs>
1: question. the name of the book. Right. But it raises an interesting question of is it – it's not just about who you want to have sex with. Is it about a kind of identity of soulfulness and expressiveness and maybe even sort of hypersensitivity that we see in a lot of gay children that's shining through right. in some of these photographs? But that becomes a complicated conversation because there are so many different types of gay men out there. We love the show Happy Endings because it had the gay character just be
0: not like a bore. Sean, and a what's his name? Right. Will and right. Grace you know? at all. He was the 100% opposite. Fat mm-hmm. yeah. and overeating and complete asshole. And- but, but there is that spirit out there that you can't dismiss as not
1: being gay, even though all gay people may not be exactly that That's way. That's right. You well, know? I mean, 10% of everybody. <clears throat> right, right. Every-
3: Well, and I've always maintained, you know, instead of trying to hate gay people or fight against them or not understand them, stop and look at the positives. You know, like Mm -hmm. look at what we contribute to society. Imagine society without our contribution. Every every organism on this planet, everything that's living and breathing has a function and has a role. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. Right. And, you know, maybe our role— is to beautify the planet, or to? I've always looked at it like this. Okay, if you if you strip it down in nature, okay, maybe our role is not to procreate. Mm. Okay, natural birth. Control. We are yes, we are the natural population control. Mm. And you know, especially in the old old days, your job as a as a father and a mother was to have kids to work. For you, basically. Mm. You know, if you had a farm or you whatever, your kids became your workers and maintained your business, and then you take the business when you are an adult, and so on and so forth. Maybe literally, gay people are here to not have, and I say the word burden of, of children, but that's their job for straight people. Mm-hmm our job is to be able to focus on the arts and the creative. the, cre- the oh, creative,
0: Whatever else. Yeah, Where would we or, be without the Sistine it, Chapel or Leonardo da Vinci oh, creeps yes. at the thank da Vinci? You. That Have you seen that series? The oh, da Vinci yeah. demons he's, where he's, they've made him into he's this hideous, straight We guy. will
1: talk about that once again when we come <laughs> back, but first we have a report from our critic at large, Jordan Ampersand. I'm being told you're not in this report this week. He filed this on location and sent it in. And so. I'd like
0: to thank who Whoever is responsible.
1: Okay, so when we come back, we will be here with DJ Paul V talking about the Born This Way book and blog and gay identity and Da Vinci's demons and the straight washing of Leonardo Da Vinci. But in the meantime, here's Jordan Ampersand.
4: Hi, everyone at the dinner party show. This is Jordan Ampersand coming to you from outside of the movie theater at The Grove in beautiful Los Angeles, where I just saw the new Star Trek movie. Joining me today is my best friend, Fitzpatrick. Although, he's not going to be my best friend for very much longer if he keeps this up. Stop crying and say hi, Fitzpatrick.
0: Why is everyone at the movie so rude? They all push and shove and eat their candy so loud. Fitzpatrick,
4: why did you get sober? This is horrible. I go
0: during our pitch meeting with a big Hollywood producer.
4: Yeah, but we got an option after the meeting, so it sounds like it was a good str- Strategy to me.
0: We didn't get an option, we got an
4: email. They're the same thing. No, they're not, Jordan. The email said we were never allowed to go back
0: on the lot again.
4: Whatever, we wanted to make a movie. We didn't want to work on their stupid lot. They make movies
0: on the lot, Jordan, and I already had a job there. I worked in the canteen. They fired me. I can get a job here at the movie theater but everyone here is so
4: mean why do people text during movies it's so rude that was me and i was not texting I i was taking notes for my very serious movie review which we've still not gotten to because you're so busy being sober Oh my god, I just realized how could you do this to me now? Gay Pride is just a few weeks away, and we're supposed to do parade coverage for the dinner party show. Why
3: they hate you? No,
4: what well, they are trying to understand me, which is a big difference. That's why they keep asking me back on the show. They keep asking you back because fans love to make fun of you. Oh, really? Then how come I'm supposed to interview her the next time she comes on the show? How come she has no plans to
0: come on the show? Okay, that is
4: enough. Now, I let you come with me today because you said if I left you home alone, you would either start painting or drawing stupid crap about your feelings, Uh and I cannot deal with bad, sober art Uh now that we're in swimsuit season because it makes me stressy. Please, enough, chill. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. Star Trek Into Darkness. It's in 3D. Oh, my God, so what? Like, everything's in 3D now. Pretty soon, they're all going to be, like, real life now in 3D. Real life is in 3D. That's
0: the point, Jordan.
4: Okay, you were starting to sound a lot like Eric Shaw Quinn. Well, actually, I'm trying to think... Shut up. If I wanted to go to the movies with Eric, I'd be in some old-time British woman's movie where British women talk about old people things, and it's all supposed to be interesting just because they're wise and have a lot of life experience. And then two old people would kiss, and it would horrify Uh. me because I don't like old people kissing. Uh. Anyway, okay. This movie, Star Trek Into Darkness, is about a ship that goes into the stars and Chris Pines looks really hot when he cries and that's good because he cries a lot. Uh Zoe Saldana is fierce as always, but it's not in it enough because the big talk of this movie is the villain. And the villain is played by Marmaduke Happenslatch. And because he's the villain, he's British and thinks he's all smart and talks in big words. So they try to capture and defeat him because who likes a big smarty pants when you're in space? I know I don't. The other critics are all very impressed with Burner Sloot Haberdash's performance, but personally, I'm not feeling it. Maybe I'm just too stressed out about the infiltration of Hollywood by British actors just because they talk good and do a better job. Personally, I would rather ask from Eastern Europe be taking over all good roles because I've seen porn films from there and those guys are totally hot until they're like 24. So anyway, (laughs) that's my movie review. Star Trek Into Darkness is in 3D and stars British guy Metternich Happenstance and I was just like, whatever.
0: (gasps) Jordan,
4: you're a terrible movie critic. Fitzpatrick, I have had enough. I am going home now to take care of me because this has been an awful, awful day. You, on the other hand, are going to walk home and on the way, I want you to buy drugs from someone and take them because you're stressing me the fuck out. We have something here, Fitzpatrick, and it's too valuable to be messed with just because you were legally dead for 15 seconds.
0: You are a... Horrible person. Why am I friends with you? Get
4: high again and you'll remember. Now that's it. I'm leaving.
0: WTF! Watch where you're going, little girl.
4: Fuck you, I'm a 32-year-old man. You're how old? Fitzpatrick! Drugs! Now!
0: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for dessert. Brought to you by your sister's new husband who's had way too much wine. I mean, everybody's cheated at least once, right?
1: I, I, I mean, am I right?
0: The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if
1: you've got the stomach for it. Someone needs to give sister's new husband some coffee. Because
0: that's going to be awkward. Aura. Push down the stairs. Ah, you're so hostile, Eric Shaw Quinn. If my sister's new husband was talking about <laughs> cheating when he got drunk, I he's would not be very happy with him. Much wine. That is and the problem. And he admits that he's everybody's cheated. I think that's at the, least the one deal. He says at least once. Right. Like, oh, I'm sorry. You're cheating on my sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe his
1: little push. Maybe he was married before. Why are we talking about this? We have a I wonderful, want, wonderful guest here, here in the, the studio. studio right? We have a wonderful guest here in the studio. Paul. Hi, Paul. Vitagliano, otherwise he known here to talk about his book *Born This Way*. DJ Paul V, before, author Paul V. Before we went to Jordan, Ampersand, we started talking about we were talking about gender norms, really, and, uh-huh. and, and whether or not there is a gay identity. But we also began to talk about something that's a recurrent topic here at the Dinner Party Show, which is the straight washing of Leonardo da Vinci that has happened on the Star series *Da Vinci's Demons*. Do which we have is an update just on this? Me.
0: Well, this is an interesting update. Last week. On on The Borgias, which is actually a wonderful show, not on Stars. I think it's on Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. Yes. Um, they actually addressed the real Leonardo da Vinci and were very clear about his proclivities and talked about his lover, called him by name, showed a statue of him and said this is why he puts up with all of his crap. Literally really got back to. So da Vinci's demons – I don't know what who their that show is about, but it has nothing to do with Leonardo da Vinci or history. Really, they also showed one of the Medici's being stabbed and drowning in a stream when, in fact, he was killed in the cathedral there in Florence by I think the Pazzi's, but one of the other families. Also, like they're just completely reinventing history, but right. they've, but they've made Leonardo da Vinci into this straight guy action adventure hero that he. Absolutely is
3: not. Are you watching the show, Paul? I I have not seen it. I don't. I don't need to see. But this is what I said earlier. It's like, look at how far back a a, a gay person in history, and the amazing things that we wouldn't be flying in planes Mm -hmm. without Leonardo
0: da Vinci. Right, Right. We
3: wouldn't have tourists flocking to. the Sistine Um, Sistine Chapel Chapel, know, Michelangelo also
0: gay for stars in case you're planning a series right
1: (laughs) called Michelangelo's chicks
0: right (laughs) Michelangelo's spring break yeah look at
1: those pictures even the women look like men this is why we got so upset about this show because this is an amazing figure from history and to strip the sexuality away from him to render it irrelevant and they the producers of the show did a really obnoxious I'm going to say in air quotes charm offensive with the gay press before the show show oh, started airing where just it was like,
0: makes me yes,
1: it's really, his sexuality is really complex and we're going to address no, it the isn't. complexity and it's not complex at all. You know,
3: <sighs> remember, remember the good old days when they would just make everybody bisexual yeah
0: rather yeah. than well, say, that's what they said. That's basically their claim, even though they've not in any way even hinted that he was bisexual. I, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It's just insulting. I would have preferred that they do nothing. The one, the example that I always give is Troy, that movie where they made, They actually changed the Homeric epic where um, Achilles and Patroclus are lovers. They turned them into cousins. Cousins. (laughs) Like I was so angry. Like it took until um, Game of Thrones for me to forgive David Benioff who wrote that piece of uh, insulting, bigoted fiction. Oh, God, mm-hmm. it was to change Homer, the temerity. We go to the same gym, and I would just look at him like, just
2: kill <laughs> you. You go to the
0: same gym with as Homer? David, as David, oh, David sorry. Daniel.
3: Homer
1: is like a nightmare in this team room. Oh, my God. Oh, my well, God. Well, he's blind, and, and he just, just keeps talking and everywhere. telling everywhere. stories. Homerus yeah. has a
3: bonus Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> okay, so we're being asked by our party people, in particular my mother, to point out that The Borges is brought to us by Neil Jordan, who directed Interview with the Vampire. Right? So we're doing six degrees of Anne Rice tonight right? on The Dinner Party
0: <laughs> so Show. We're all comes back and, yeah, another but friend of the family. What
1: started this conversation was the blog and the book that you've put together, which is basically assembled of photographs of – children when and they stories. were gay. And, and stories. stories, stories. Mm-hmm. But also, we were talking mainly about the photographs earlier. We have people on the page commenting on the difference that they perceive between sexuality and sex. Buffy Peterson, one of our regular listeners, says, there is such a difference between sex and sexuality just as there is a huge difference between love and lust.
3: That's exactly <laughs> right. And no, she's first, right.
0: My first recognition of being gay was falling in love. It wasn't that I wanted to sleep with the boy. Right. I fell in love with him. And I didn't know how to deal with that yeah. in the context of what I was being presented with
3: well, and every other example around you is was heterosexual, probably. You yeah. know, there, there oh, were, absolutely. You know, it was Paul Lynde and Charles Nelson Reilly for me, and they were never even out yet. I saw them on TV, and I'm like, I think I'm that. Is that me? You right. know what I mean? Right. I I'm felt not the sure connection. I be that right, and yeah. nothing against them. I yeah. love them, but, but you know what I'm is saying? That who I if be, that's all you have,
0: kind of turned out to be Paul Lind anyway, whether but I good. Wanted to or not. Now you have a, but you have a
2: career,
3: well, so then. there you
0: go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like it was much more – you do a thing on the blog about first crushes, don't you, as well well yeah. Because to me, that's the moment, that realization of, oh, my God, I'm in love with somebody and it's another boy. How do I deal with this? This is the worst thing I can be, isn't it? Or I thought that's what was mentioned earlier. Well, that's actually its own blog now, my first gay crush
3: blog spot. Because I ask people when they submit, I give them like six or eight bullet points. I try to cover these things. And if you remember, include your first – your first famous same same sex first person same sex crush, uh-huh. just to see you know just right. genera- generationally just to see who if oh, it was in the sixties Davy 60s, Jones David oh my Cassidy God. From oh yeah, a- yeah totally Um and so again it was just that actually became a really fun and it, it to, what I the reason I loved it so much was that if a story was a little hard to read you had this little moment of. Uh, Oh, and I remember that I loved, you know, uh, John Schneider on Dukes of Hazard. Right. I got a rise in my pants and I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it was a way to add, a, a, you know, a little bit of fun and sexiness to. But to also
0: the, the truth of the experience because that's, that's right. Way, I mean, what a terrible <clears throat> thing if I could say anything to those horrible hate mongers like that Cardinal in New York. Oh, and all Cardinal of the rest Dolan. Of
1: them. Yes, yes, yes. What a
0: terrible thing to do to a child to make the first time you fall in love be Bad news mm-hmm. that to me is the cruelest sort of betrayal
3: of children, and tell me that it's not against nature, you right. know it's against nature to say that to somebody who you love or who you want to love is not normal and not right. right excuse
0: me it's a bad thing that you've fallen in love, and it becomes this terrible news in all of our lives i I think it's a trauma you can never really get over it's the thing I feel most robbed of that being because falling in love is hard enough, you get rejected or whatever, but for the to have the added uh, the horribleness of being told that oh and this makes you the worst thing you could possibly be and right. God will hate you and you'll burn in hell and mm. all that what a hateful thing to tell children as an adult honestly it hasn't really gotten better but I just give a shit you know much less than I used to as a kid but for a child they do have the to, to, yeah. Yeah. Who, do don't have the tools to yeah how do you cope with kids don't have the tools to fight they, that off and when they hurt themselves or kill themselves it just that's it. Oh, tears my heart out.
1: So we we were going to talk about this earlier, but this is an appropriate time to bring this up. Uh, part of the reason you your inspiration for putting this project together was the rash of gay suicides that was happening across oh, the country and getting right? a lot of media attention. Now we're seeing a rash of anti-gay violence in New York City. Mm-hmm. And something that happened around that time, aside from the big advances that have been made, the right. cases that are in front of the Supreme Court, gay marriage being legalized in, in New York State. Starting it up. This bulletin from the Cardinal of New York State regarding marriage in the Supreme Court, I printed out the actual Catholic edition of this bulletin, which has two, a heterosexual couple sort of made out to look like the paintings or renderings of saints you would see in a stained glass window embracing one another as if aliens are invading. It looks like some Catholic Independence Day poster. <laughs> Uh, the bulletin reads For the first time in our nation's history, the Supreme Court is considering two cases about whether or not marriage should be redefined to include two persons of the same sex. These cases involve the Federal Defense of Marriage Act and California's Proposition 8, both of which define marriage as the union of one man and one woman. The court is expected to rule on both cases by the end of June. A broad negative ruling could redefine marriage in the law throughout the entire country, becoming the Roe v. Wade of marriage. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops has joined with many other organizations in urging the Supreme Court to uphold both DOMA and Proposition 8 and thereby to recognize the essential, irreplaceable contribution that husbands and wives, mothers and fathers make to society – and especially to children.
3: Can I cut in here for yeah. a second? Oh, please, please. Ugh. Okay. First of all, we <laughs> what a hate Ugh. First of all, we know that all these quote-unquote arguments against marriage equality are based in nothing. They're not based in reality or science or anything else. What drives me crazy is they act as if Gay people get married. Somehow, straight people will stop getting married and stop procreating. And it's like, you think we have that much power over you? You love sex as much as we do. You're going to keep making babies. You're going to keep getting together. Like
0: I always say, there are eight billion people in the world, Thank and we you. had nothing to do with it. But
3: uh, this th- it drives me crazy when they're like, we really must look at the man and the woman as the as the, you know, the most beautiful pairing. It's like keep pairing. We're not going to stop you. Right. No. We never have. Nobody what wants they're to get really your but what
1: they're really going to have to to do is assess the inherent quality of those pairings from an emotional perspective, right? Because when two men are choosing to get together because they love each other and two women are choosing to get together because they love each other, a man and a woman who got together just to pop out a kid because they sort of liked each other and didn't want to be alone, that's when they're going to feel less than. You see what I'm saying? Well, yeah. When love becomes the supreme motivating force in a marriage, it's really the reverse uh, of what they're trying to say that it is,
3: you know? the expression Every child in a gay home was fully wanted. Right. And yeah, it was a not lot there of work. By
0: accident, and there's right. a
3: lot of work to have that child. Absolutely. And so you can't say that for a lot of straight couples who have no. accidents and who
0: Yeah, pair backpacking up. on vacation. Yeah. Just, you know, and what
3: the it, Catholic Church
1: or what Cardinal Dolan would say to that is protecting marriage matters to everyone. It's Catholic Social Teaching 101. Pro woman, pro-man, pro-child. Redefining marriage in the law says many false things. Women, mothers, are Dispensable Men, fathers are dispensable. This is what adults want trumps what a child deserves and has a basic right to.
0: This is like <laughs> a crazy fantasy land bullshit that right. th- is in their I don't mind. I don't know how much time they're actually spending trying to help all of these children who are already. Like they don't give a shit about they're children not. until it's uh, – a. No, now, I also but, love that he compares it to Roe v. Wade. You know, this will be the worst right. thing that happened since we gave women well, rights over their own bodies.
3: But look at it like this. You don't want an abortion? Don't have one. Don't have one. Don't Sh- marry and somebody in the same up stack of you.
0: And but but get out becomes, of our lives.
1: It becomes impossible to really argue with this perspective because this prescri- perspective is about a person's value being entirely in their ability to procreate period. The, just the wording of what I just read. Men are fathers. Women are mothers. I mean, how is the church addressing single mothers yeah. or, 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 or women or, or, who choose or, not to procreate at all? Or, or, or infertile couples, yeah. you know?
0: There's all it different It also layers. says marriage is permanent in there. Like, is, oh, I'm Please. sorry. Oh, do, is that divorce? the 52% just, divorce we're rate? we that there's no divorce in the world? That marriage is somehow permanent? Like, I just want to scream. Well, Can I scream? I, what I want is for them to stop seeing this as a religious... Statement and start seeing it as politics and taxing it like every other business. If you want tax exempt status, stick to being a church. And if you want right. to be involved in politics, then be taxed like the rest of us. I'm tired of you meddling in the secular world, but wanting the shelter and protection of the skirts of Mother Church. Like either go do social welfare and do what Jesus said you should do, or leave, or you know participate in the real world as a real member. I think if we took away Cardinal Dolan's tax happen. Exempt status in New York, I think that would be. But it it is it is at the essence of this whole uh, Mm -hmm. argument. I'm I'm sick of. Let's stop being a political organization. That's not what separation of church and state is about. It's about protection of the individual, not the institution. Churches shouldn't be able to tell me legislatively what I can do. That's what separation of church and state is about. Not that. The organization should be protected. I don't give a shit about the organizations well,
3: at all. Even if they were – the tax exemption was taken away, the fact that the Bible is not our constitution, right. we don't only have one religion in this country, religion
0: should not be involved with, with in civil society. Civil society period. decisions, period. Period. Done. Practice whatever religion you want to. Right. And I don't ever want to hear about and, it again. And, and we don't
3: have to agree
0: with your practice of it. Mm-hmm. We can,
3: and we can have, just because we have an opinion on your religion that we may not agree with, does not mean we're silencing you or stifling That's you. That's
1: the thing that oh, gets me Oh, that drives me. me crazy. Taking away other people's rights to take away my rights right. is somehow a form of bullying Thank and you. oppression. Give me a break. Thank get you. Get out of my bedroom and then I you won't have a get, problem.
0: I wanted to put together a proposition where we try, we, put it to a vote to take away some civil rights of Mormons, so that people could understand how it feels, how insane yes. it is to even do that in the first place. Right. Like
1: Because as you pointed out, Mormonism is a choice. And being gay is You're isn't. not born Mormon.
0: No, well, you no, know, it's a belief all system. Re- all religion is a choice. Absolutely. So it all would we'll take away the right of some religious group in a proposition. I don't actually want to do that, but I want people to understand how absurd that notion is. Absolutely. That's ridiculous and completely anti-American. Well, we
1: have some party people joining us in this discussion. Franklin Benjamin that? Richard says, "Tell the to the people who say that homosexuality is not natural or right, tell them to, about the seven or so animal species with recorded instances of homosexuality. Some monkeys are just so stupid. Yeah. Oh, 70, it's more than that. 70, 70 at, at least, than that. but that's probably one oh. that they can scientifically prove. Terry Rawlinson says that fifty years from now when Fox and stars are doing their version of the dinner party show, they will show us as butch straight men. And Anne my mother adds, and cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, no. So, where do we do we think this is fueling the rise in anti-gay attacks that we're seeing in New York City?
3: Uh, I do. I think what's happening is that the the more visible we are and the more rights we're getting, is that we're sort of rocking the the or knocking the apple cart of how our enemies have felt comfortable all these years, where they like us quiet in the closet and not asking for equal rights, Mm -hmm. and now we're getting them. And you know, it's kind of like cornering a rat or an animal yeah, and that animal's going to great
1: gonna, analogy yeah that
3: animal's going to strike and right. we're feeling the strike now because people are getting
0: murdered they're getting beat up more mm-hmm. and uh, you know I speaking mean, let's of just animals. say to them we're not cornering you do whatever one of the things i loved about the marriage rights in new york was that they specifically said in the legislation that no religious organization would be compelled right. to perform like if you don't want to marry me in your church i absolutely – I'll fight for your right not to let me get married in your church. Right? I don't want the right to get married in your church. I just want the same rights that you have to get married in my church. Well, people also forget that's just a
3: ceremony. That is not the legality. No, that's it's not a civil, civil, it is a yeah, civil document. Yeah, but the religious part of it is just like it's, like it's like saying, I'm having a party on Friday. Do you want to come? Oh, right. here's who I'm inviting. Oh, you're not invited. Well, that's just a party at my house. Right. That's not my right. Speaking
1: of cornered rats, Brian Brown of the National Organization oh, for God. Marriage has this Ugh. to say about what's going on in New York. <laughs> he says, we condemn in the strongest possible way the murder of a gay man in New York by a killer who apparently hurled anti-gay insults at him more moments before the killing. Excuse me. Me. This senseless act cannot be condoned in America or anywhere, and we
0: urge that the perpetrator be prosecuted to the fullest extent of. That's the That's like law. Adolf Hitler saying, really? I'm So sorry, stomachy threw rocks through the windows <laughs> of the Jews. <laughs> okay, so
3: <laughs> really, Brian like, Brown, we had nothing.
0: I condemn that in the strongest possible terms.
3: <laughs> and you had nothing to do with dumping gallons of gasoline on the fire of Absolutely. hatred and, and and anti-gay rhetoric that makes people kill us and hit this us. This
1: man's public position on this issue is that the. Uh, granting of marriage equality will lead to the downfall of the entire American society. The, it, how can you make a statement like that and not expect this to be the end you. result of it? Exactly. You identify a certain group of people as a scourge who are threatening everyone by their private right. behavior and that's how you open them up to attack and marginalization Ex- at Exactly, least. exactly yeah, right. It's just, it's
0: disgusting. And then you deny any culpability in it. It's like the anti-abortion people denying any culpability in people bombing abortion right. clinics or injuring doctors or whatever. It's like, oh, we don't... Condone that. No, but you turn these people, you say that they're the devil and mass murderers and all of these other things, but you know, no, nobody would. We wouldn't advocate being unpleasant it, towards it, them. No, of course not. You're just supposed to post ugly things on their Facebook page. They oh. only,
3: they only yeah. love fetuses.
0: Once you're born, Once you're born forget fuck you. It. Yeah, they yeah. couldn't care less about right. you.
1: So we explored the negative side of all this, (laughs) but we started with the positive side, which Which is is the type of work that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh,
3: thank you. So what
1: what have been some of the responses to the book that have greeted you out in the world now that it's out?
3: Well, first of all, just even, you know— Amazon reviews. The reviews are all like four star, five stars. Really, it really wow. That is
1: something.
4: <laughs> That's yeah. great. It
3: really, it, it, it as a project. You know, both the blog and the book. It really touches people, and you don't have to be gay to enjoy it or, or to feel connected to it. Because, and I think this is the other thing we're getting to is that every family, I personally believe, every family has at least one gay member. <laughs> oh, at yeah. least. you know, when you talk about. Uh, mine you're, does even even just <laughs> and it might just be the cat but
1: still my cats are very gay oh, you're the but it's cats it's,
3: in it's the world. um the response has been really wonderful and i know i know that like not only kids are reading it but i think the biggest th- achievement that I want to see is that people that have kids now, parents, I want them to be able to look at the book and just have an understanding if they see the signs right. where they, you know, they, their kid might be, their little boy might be saying like, I want to paint. I don't want to play sports. I like pink. What, whatever. And again, these are and not just we stereotypes. we appreciate
0: that as another like, oh, I got a son and a daughter well, and I have a gay kid. Well, like, and that's that's what I was going to say. We got all, one of each.
3: I just I, I How want – That would be a
0: great news for them. I think that would be terrific.
3: I just want the word gay or the fact that you have a gay kid to just be another fact about your kid. It's not the fact, but it not be like, oh, my God, my child's right. gay. It's like – positive. It, it's just a fact. Like, gay like people it, are a fact of life. We Absolutely. we
0: exist. We're here. So don't and helping people to get acquainted with and helping people like as you are as your project does right to just see because I think that's it's the, the the wonderful part of the Proposition Eight experience in California. There was that moment when we were voted when people actually, I couldn't have been more astounded. And I was kind of, it took the red off my candy when Obama was elected because we had voted in Proposition 8 at the same time. But since then, as people began to know their gay brothers and sisters in California, the tide has shifted. It wouldn't pass today. I'm actually,
3: I have a theory that, and I've said this, I believe Prop 8 happening is a huge silver lining because had it, had it. Had we got marriage equality here five years ago, it would have been met with a collective, oh, of course, that's liberal California. That will never happen in fill in the blank where I live. Right. Well, it's happening in fill in the blank. So, and it's happening there first before us. I know. That's what's remarkable. But it was, I feel like it was a domino effect. And what happened was when it didn't pass, everybody was like, uh oh. Yeah. The gay community was like, "All right, it's act up time again." Right, yes. and we went and, out and
0: started raising hell. And People it, all over the world were watching. That's right, and it Absolutely. put the topic. It put the it
3: put the um, the idea of that. Hey, you know what? There's a certain segment of our, our um, of our country that doesn't have the same rights as everybody else. That's not right. It Absolutely. made it into
0: a civil right business, and that's Absolutely. what that's and what, and what started just it. Whether you think right. it's a right or wrong, because I don't care if you think it's a right or wrong. It's my rights. Yeah, that right. I'm the yeah. citizen fighting for. My, my, I'm an American
3: citizen. You have no opinion. That's it.
1: Absolutely. That's it. Well, we could stay here all night with you, Paul Vitagliano. This has been a great conversation, but we're so glad you came along. We're going to ask you you to stick around, and we'll take a picture with you as soon as Eric and I wrap up here in the studio. And uh, your book is for sale on our website at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Absolutely. And uh, it's been great having you. Thanks. So I'm good just, luck
3: with Born This Way. Thank you. I'm just going to give out the, the main website where you yes. can find links to everything is uh, bornthiswayblog.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is linked there. My Gay Crush is, is linked there. Info. And that uh, link is on
0: our Facebook page. To, yes. Directly. Yes. To you. So you can find it there. So
1: party people, you know where all the links are. And we're going to say goodbye to Paul just for this evening. And uh, we'll ask you to stick around for a photo.
2: All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Paul. And now, Best Served Warm, part of the dinner party show's public service commitment.
0: Hi, this is Lyle Duet, author of Who's to Blame for Your Success? Are you unemployed, hungry, single, broke, unhappy? Well, I've got good news for you. It's your fault. That's right, if you succeed, it is totally your own personal achievement and so, if you fail, that's on you too. The reason that's good news is that it means that all those pesky variables like family, country of origin, physical appearance, intelligence and a million other pesky and uncontrollable factors have nothing to do with your success by simply imagining that you are employed, rich, successful, thin, and in the relationship of your dreams, you will be. And if you're not, you're just not imagining it hard enough. It's easy and avoids both work, effort, and contact with reality. My proven Imagimetrics method worked for Oprah. And until she tried to imagine herself running a network and she forgot to imagine it was a successful one. And it'll work for you too. If it doesn't, that means you're doing it wrong. It's foolproof, unless you're a fool. Imagine metrics. Imagine your life was better than it is, because it's easier than actually working at it. Welcome back
1: to the Dinner Party Show. We're wrapping up here. I'm all worked up. What about you? We got all worked up tonight. Oh, I feel this way all the time. You kind of do, and you sound this way all the time, Yeah, I really sort of do. But you don't look... You haven't looked this way all the time. (laughs) You look remarkably different lately, Mr. Eric Chauquian. I'm
0: very rested.
1: You are. You are very, very rested. So uh, we want to talk some about what we're doing next week. Next Sunday is oh, Gay, Pride Gay Pride in West Hollywood. It's Gay Pride
0: month and Gay Pride in West Hollywood is next Sunday and we will have a very, very special dinner party show coverage of the Gay Pride Parade and, and the festival.
1: festival. Absolutely. Woo-hoo! Wait, how is this gonna work
0: again? What are we
1: doing? Well I saw Jordan mentioned something in his report about doing man, woman and trans person on the street interviews. Did
0: I guess that's what – yeah. I think he
1: made that up. I don't we were, think he talked well, to us Brett about that.
0: Well, Brett has been – Brett has been coordinating the uh, the the entire coverage. We're going to do basic coverage from the booth. The parade, if you've ever been to West Hollywood, takes about 23 hours. So, so it, should it will still be going, still going, be on, going on by the time by the we time, go on right, the air. Exactly. So that should be no problem. And we'll do booth coverage and then, yeah the, – uh, Brock and Bastian will be uh, oh, covering bitchy. the festival. Yes, those yeah, I, we, they'll we, be a safe have, distance away. Uh,
1: we I do know this. We've booked some interviews. We have a certain city councilman who'll be visiting. the And booth. Brack will yeah. be
0: doing on the street interviews All with right. the people, or the parade participants. So it should be a very exciting, very festive, very special dinner party show, Pride Parade coverage. That's next Sunday, June next the Sunday, June ninth uh, at the usual time, five p.m. East uh, Pacific. five p.m. Pacific, <laughs> Pacific, Pacific 8 p.m. East. East. Student, uh, we have not been drinking. I the promise. unusual time of yeah, making Absolutely. up new times
1: for the show. Absolutely, and we announced our winner of the win a phone call from Ann Rice contest tonight, and I've already forgotten her lovely name. It's Anna Redhawk, I believe, is the name of our contest. That's when correct, Anna I Redhawk.
0: It's right there.
1: And we will be running that contest again at some point in the future. Unless
0: somebody put in a fake name, but that's the name that was registered. So Anna Redhawk or whoever well, you, it, you are. you know what? If it's a fake name, we'll draw another winner. So the- <laughs> well, we have an email address, so we'll be sending out, we'll, we'll be getting be. in Absolutely. touch with and sending out email to um, – Our winner, and uh, setting up the logistics, and we'll let you know how it goes.
1: Absolutely, but until next week, I am Christopher Rice, and then next week I will change into somebody else probably. But I'll still be Eric Shaw Quinn. (laughs) Eric Shaw Quinn and his new face will be here, and I will be here (laughs) losing face next to him over my on-air flubs and stupid questions. And you have been listening to The Dinner Party Show. Now we'll try it again. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. I blew it. And and Eric (laughs) fucked up the end of our show again.
0: Thanks for listening. Thanks
1: for listening. Maybe Pink will be able to save us all.